Hello, everybody. We are back with Through the Struggle. Uh, I just wanted to give a special thanks to everybody who was able to record. Um, I do understand the people who were not able to record who did get scheduled. Life does happen. We move on and, you know, we'll we'll work from it from there. Uh, so this episode may be a bit shorter than last one, but we didn't want to cram it all into one giant episode. So this is how it's going. Uh, Jesse and I have put in a lot of work for this and... We just wanted to let you know that because of that, we're going to take a break next week uh, for hey. Thanksgiving. Give everyone a chance to eat something. Uh, Jesse, <laughs> I do believe you recorded with Travis Dibble. Yes, I did. Yeah, uh, I think yep. we mentioned a few other names last week that we were trying to record with, and uh, that that just ended up not happening. Which, uh, again, I do understand. Life does happen. We we got to push past that. Um, but I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Again want to reiterate if you have any prayer requests message us on instagram or on our email uh, our email is available on our instagram which is christian underscore concepts underscore jdp uh jesse do you have anything else you want to throw in for this upcoming week um not too much uh yeah we had some you know like uh pablo was saying we had some people scheduled trying to fit people in and life happens so yeah i got travis that did a great job went over the 20 minute mark with him again like as i did with david so (laughs) (laughs) seems like all the people i know they like to talk so that's okay with me (laughs) but (laughs) but yeah i I hope you guys enjoy these uh all these interviews we had with these people um yeah i found i found it very uh i found it very helpful for me uh all these different tips and these ways people deal with struggles and the daily walk with god and you know, things that they do that I hadn't even thought of doing, or maybe, you know, I do it a different way that, you know, and that's why I like to talk to people. And that's why I thought this was a really cool idea when Pablo mentioned it to me, of, you know, having like a kind of like a panel of interviewing all these different people and seeing how they do, you know, what they do in their lives. And so I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it and I know Pablo did too. So yeah. I hope you guys really enjoy this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and for the week after Thanksgiving, I'm going to try to do something semi-similar to this where we do a different kind of panel as well. Uh, but I think I want to do something revolved more around getting into the Word of God. Uh, mm-hmm. That's been burning on me as as we've been coaching our kids at uh, at our church, which the little ones are doing fantastic. Oh my gosh, they, they keep exceeding my expectations of what I've... <laughs> I, I, I've never worked with the little kids before, so them doing Bible quizzing has been life-changing for me so far. And actually, yeah. I'm going to be heading to practice right after this, so, um, <laughs> so I'll be I'll be doing that. But I think I want to get some quizzers on here, so if you're a quizzer and you're listening to this, uh, shoot us a message. We'll see if we can get you on, uh, because I definitely want to go over what Bible quizzing does for people. I mean, me and Jesse both were Bible quizzers. Jesse mm-hmm. was, was the one who stuck it through. I was the one who learned my verses. So. Not all the time. Uh, not all the time for me. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, on that note, though, uh, we're going to leave you guys to listen to the rest of this episode. It may be short. It may just be Travis. Uh, but hopefully I get someone else today. So uh, in the meantime, God bless and enjoy. God bless.
All right, guys, welcome back to another interview. I don't know where my co-host, Lucas, a.k.a. Pablo, will have this in um, the second episode, but um, I am Jesse, and I am recording with my good friend, Travis. He's out in Connecticut. I don't actually know what town in Connecticut. I just know he's, he's from Connecticut. But yes, I met this guy. Yeah, I met this guy out um, at the Apostolic Leadership Institute, the same uh, institute where I met uh, my other friend, David, that we recorded with in this previous episode. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, Travis, welcome to um, Christian Concepts. If you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself, how it is growing up in the East Coast. Yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. Pleasure to be here. So, yeah, I'm Travis Dibble. I'm from Waterbury, Connecticut, and it's a kind of medium-sized city in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up with my dad as my pastor, which was was kind of awesome because, you know, they always say, ask your parents, pastor. I just one stop, <laughs> you know. It was super yep. convenient. Um, <laughs> a little awkward at times, but for the most part, I got through it, and, you know, it was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say he was one of the biggest – one of the biggest influencers in my life when it comes to that. And yeah, uh, last year I started attending Indiana Bible College where I am now a sophomore. Awesome. And yeah, that's pretty much my entire life. Had a pretty pretty chill life up until now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, this guy Travis, he's, he's real fun. Yeah, I mean, hanging out with him, it's like you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, for real. Uh, yeah, it was a blast. Anyways, uh, I guess we can dive right into these questions. So uh, the first question I had for you, Travis, um, was, you know, being raised in church, you know, you always were hearing about God and all that. and You, you know, you knew God existed. But what personally kind of drew you to God? What, you know, what first kind of attracted you to um, God? Yeah, so... Um, that's a great question. I remember as a young child, probably like four to maybe eight, um, I was just totally like on fire as a little mm-hmm. kid because, you know, my dad was a pastor. I grew up in the church. Uh, my parents were super great about, uh, instilling a love for truth in me. Uh, all my huh. Sunday school teachers were super on fire for God. And so like, I kind of grew up just knowing about who God was and just kind of knowing what that was like. And so mm-hmm. I remember, I think I was probably, I was probably six. I think I had just gotten the Holy ghost and I was like, why wouldn't anyone want to live for God? And I was like, they are just silly. They're just totally <laughs> silly. And so, yeah, that I feel like before I even was really conscious of who I was as a person, God was already putting people in my life that kind of instilled that burden for me and instilled that kind of love for God and for his word as a yeah. young child. Um, I think as I grew older, I real I came to this realization that, okay, yes, obviously this is the best message I've ever heard, but sometimes that, that flesh gets in the way. And so oh, yeah. later in life, I had to kind of come to my, come to that decision for myself. Like, okay, yeah, this this is good, but am I really going to submit to it? I know that this is truth, but am I really going to submit to that? Um, but again, I think just my exposure to 
people of God in my life, the elders and the my parents and my leaders, they just kind of instilled that truth and that love for truth in me. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I could kind of relate, you know, um, my dad was a, uh, my pastor all my life. It was my grandfather up to, I forget what age it was up mm-hmm. to a certain point then kind of passed it over to my dad. Yeah. And so that was a little, that was kind of a little awkward at first, you know, <laughs> like, oh, as my pastor now, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, for real. When you tell me to do something, it's not just my dad telling me, but it's my pastor telling me too. So. Yeah, yep. <laughs> it's like a double authority going on here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, uh, yeah, so I guess we can go to this next question we have. And so what kind of struggles did you experience um, when you first actually like committed to living for God, like, um, or there's some things that just kind of popped up immediately or maybe started down the road. And did you have to make some commitments or sacrifices to kind of get rid of that flesh and, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> be more on yeah. fire? Yeah. So like I mentioned a little bit earlier, yeah, I, on, as a child, I was, I was pretty sheltered. My parents did a really good job of kind of protecting me from a lot of stuff, a lot of corruption in the world. I was homeschooled. And mm-hmm. so as a young child, I had almost zero exposure to anything really super sinful. And I, yeah. I feel that's a blessing to me. And I'm super thankful oh, yeah. for that. And then yeah. as I got it, got a little older, I had some friends and stuff. And I started getting slowly exposed to kind of like what the world was all about. Mm-hmm. And I think as a teenager, I know maybe around 12, 13 years old, I started kind of slowly drifting. I was still like kind of on fire but I started just kind of getting used to it kind of dropping into the routine of Christianity and just like going through the motions and then later on as a teenager I started backsliding um sort of in a way Mm -hmm. so like I was doing the Sunday morning thing I was going to church I was even reading my bible most days of the week but like I Mm -hmm. really wasn't living it and so Like I was struggling spiritually, although, you know, I was going to church, I was participating in the ministry, quote unquote. And, mm-hmm. and, um, so on the outside, it looked like I was still like going strong, super cool stuff. I was like pretty smart. And so I knew a lot about the Bible, but I just mm-hmm. wasn't living it. And I remember, I think I was 16 or 17 and I like had this like prodigal son moment where I came to myself. And before that, I was like, man, I know that the Bible is true. I know that everything that says is true, but I don't know if I can live it. Like, I just yeah. don't know if I have the strength to live it. And so I had this kind of like prodigal son moment where I came to myself. I was like, man, I really need to start living for God. I was like, I don't know how to do that. So I ended up going to my parents, who are also my pastors, and they just, they helped me. They loved me. I got some friends around me that were that would promote me because before that I wasn't super intentional about friends and Mm -hmm. I just kind of hung out with whoever I liked hanging out with after that I was intentional about getting people around me that were going to support my walk with God because I knew that I couldn't just do it in my own strength and then obviously Mm -hmm. through prayer God gave me that strength to do what my flesh couldn't do um yeah so that was some of the commitments I had to make it is that I had to decide that I was going to go back and that this this was the lifestyle I wanted to live um, sacrifices. There were some sacrifices, a, a few, but most of them I feel like were just so totally worth it that they didn't mm-hmm. feel like sacrifices because 
mm-hmm. when you really recognize the reality of what you have there's no real sacrifice that was that was too great to to do this yeah yeah that's 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 great um uh yeah my dad had read this book called already gone and i can't even tell you what the author's name is or anything i just remember the title already gone and mm-hmm. um I, that was kind of a stage for me it, it was about this I think it, if I remember right, it was this author telling a story about this girl um, and she was, you know, in church, you know, she was, she was sitting in the back pew and on the cover of this book, it shows like this girl kind of in the back pew with her arms folded mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of closed off, you know, she's there, but, you know, and, you know, her, she's not really there though. Um, and I think pretty much every pastor's kid kind of goes through that at probably one mm-hmm. point in their life where they're yeah. just going through the motions and they're just like they're um, they're just probably trying to wing it off you know their own parents walk with god or whatever and they have to come to that point where they're like oh i need this for myself i have to have my own relationship with god you know i have to yeah. you know get into that and you know I t- it took me a while to figure that out too unfortunately <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah and i yeah, I'm one of those guys too that's really, really private about like the, you know, the intimate, you know, stuff that's going on in his life. You know, I keep it all to myself. I don't really like telling anybody, not even my own parents, you know, you know, uh-huh. there's some stuff that maybe I'm ashamed of or that I'm struggling with, you know, yeah. I, so and that's a little bit of a pride issue on my part too. Yeah. And so it's all stuff that, you know, eventually has to come out and has to be broken. Um, by revelation of God, you know, be like, mm-hmm. wow, okay. And then I like also how you were saying who you surrounded yourself with, you know, the right people, that really makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the few years I was in uh, community college before uh, COVID hit, you know, I was uh-huh. getting, I was hanging out with all these people, you know, that were not Christian, you know, they were really bad influence on me and they were really mm-hmm. starting to rub off them. You know, I would like, I would st- start to say some things and in my my mind i'd catch myself like whoa why, why would i say that that's you know that's totally uh-huh. wrong that's an appropriate thing to say yeah and so you know stuff like that that started waking me up i'm like whoa i started, it was, it started scaring myself i was like man yeah. I, I need to, i need to start hitting that altar and praying and you know mm-hmm. talk to some people you know some you know good people who are living for god so yeah totally. yeah yeah i understand where you're coming from right there um, and then another question is what are, I guess this kind of goes a little bit into what we had talked about with that previous question, but what are some things we should be aware of that could be potential red flags in serving God? Yeah. Um, I would say, uh, what is it? First John two sixteen, I believe it is. That says all that's in the world that's not of God. It's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, um, and that just categorizes everything that we kind of face in this human flesh in this world. I think everything that that can kind of attack you, can kind of get you, is going to mm-hmm. fall into one of those categories. And like um, you, you know, you probably know from ALI, you know, the lust, flesh, lust, the eyes, pride of life, kind of hits you at different points of maturity. So, yeah, uh, when you're, you know, cl- in church a little 
earlier on, you know, you might deal with the less of the flesh a little bit more than maybe someone who's been in church for a long time. They tend to more deal with the pride of life because I've been in church for 37 years and, and I don't need anyone telling me how to live for God, you know? So yeah, I think anytime you're dealing with something, you have to ask yourself, is this serving God or is this serving one of these, these lusts, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, I think for me, a lot of times, uh, like when I was a teenager, I haven't actually, I think I've only talked to maybe like three or four people who didn't actually, you know, backslide in some form as a teenager, mm -hmm. like almost every single person I talked to, um, about like their teenage life. They were like, yeah, I was kind of like not really living for God. And yeah. I think a lot of that especially for teenagers is they're trying to find out who they are. They're kind mm -hmm. of getting that independence from their parents and they're like getting their own self identity. And so they tr go, they branch out, they try a few things And this culture, especially in America, I feel like has kind of incentivized teenagers rebellion against um, Christianity. And like, you know, we grow up in a really carnal culture and it just really is easy for teenagers to kind of slip through the cracks of, if the parents aren't intentional and if the teenagers themselves aren't intentional. So I think uh, some of the big things to look out for is one, you know, be aware of what you're vulnerable in. Um, so yeah. if you know that you're super pride, like I, I tend to be kind of stuck up, arrogant person myself, personally, <laughs> I know you aren't at all. Like, you know, I'm not saying that to be <laughs> sarcastic. I, I legitimately don't think you have a shred of pride in you at all. Um, <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> oh, okay. all right. Well, that's good to know. I mean, you're still human. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I struggle with some stuff and I've got to be aware of that and, I have, you know, my spiritual authorities, my mentors, and, you know, my friends who I can get really raw, really accountable to, and they can point out to me. In fact, last night in my dorm room here, um, me and my roommates, we just were like, hey, what's, have you noticed anything in me lately that I've been kind of like, like, that's kind of sketchy or anything like that? And uh -huh. uh, we, we just had this kind of heart to heart where we were like, oh, yeah, bro, I think you could work on this a little bit. And they, you know, gave me some insight. I was able to give them some insight. And that's yeah. important to find people that you can be really honest with and they can be honest with you. Because, mm -hmm. you know, sin is always going to sneak up where you're most vulnerable. It's going to, you know, try to attack the flank, so to speak. Because um, obviously... Yeah. Satan's not going to be like, hey, you want to rob a bank? No one's tempted to rob a bank, you know, except for yeah. people who are bank robbers. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he's definitely going to be like tempting you to gossip about that one person who you really don't like or, you know, whatever your vice is. That's where he's going to come and get you. And so you have to be super aware of where you're vulnerable uh, unless you yeah. just don't want to live for God. Because if you don't want to live for God, then just, you know, do whatever suits you. But if you uh -huh. really are committed to serving God, you really just have to know where you're, you're vulnerable, submit that to God, let him speak to you and let him speak through your spiritual authorities and your like accountability partners. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. And like I said, that's something I still, I mean, I struggle with, I probably will struggle with it for the rest of my life. I, I have a hard time opening up to people with, you know, what's really going on with me, you know, being... Yeah vulnerable quote unquote yeah. like on instagram and everyone's like i'm gonna be vulnerable now <laughs> like, <whatever. Yeah. laughs> so uh yeah that's, that's definitely something i think i can work on and probably a lot of people out there have, have a hard time with it's just you know 
having accountability and, you know, going out and talking to people who are truly living for God, you know, sharing struggles, yeah, commitments and, you know, helping each other along the way. I really like that. You know, we're not lone wolves here just trying to live for God. We're, you know, we're a family of God. So we're all part of the body of God. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and then kind of have one last question here for you before we start to wrap it up. But um, as you mentioned before, you are a student at the Indiana Bible College out in Indianapolis, Indiana. And that's awesome. I kind of wish I had been a Bible College student. I still have an opportunity. So hopefully down the road I could do that. But um, mm-hmm. as a Bible College student, what is your routine with your daily devotions? And are there any struggles in keeping up with those devotions you know, when you get real busy and stuff? How do you keep up with it all? So in short, yes, there are a lot of struggles. <laughs> uh, I think people have this little misconception that when you come to Bible college, it's going to be easy to do your devotions. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really just is not. <laughs> um, like you are in the word all the time because your instructors are talking about the Bible. And, yeah. you know, almost every day you're hearing a Bible verse or something like that. And that's great, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't replace personal devotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, you're crazy busy. you got something going on. You, you wake up, you know, 20 minutes before your alarm or before your class goes off and you try to rush over to class. And then you like get back from class. You got to go to work and then you get back from work and you got some social at night. You get back at 12 o'clock at night and then all of a sudden yeah. you're so tired and you can't read your Bible and all that stuff. And so. Yeah, that's happened to me. And I'm, I'm going to be honest this morning, I woke up 30 minutes before my class and I had to rush to get to class. And, yeah. uh, so I think the first key is being intentional, um, mm-hmm. about you, you have to decide I want to do this. Um, yeah. And then have a plan. If you don't have a plan, um, oh, I'm trying to think of the exact the way this quote goes. Um, a dream with a, or if you have a dream, but don't make a plan, then you just got some good rest, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. so if you really want to do it, you have to make a plan to be intentional about it. So my plan today, I woke up 30 minutes before class. I had to rush to get over here. I think I read like two scripture verses when I, on my way, <laughs> on my way over walking from my dorm room to there, I just like opened blue letter Bible and read like two verses. Um, uh-huh. so my plan is as soon as I get out of school, um, well, I, so I go from school straight to work cause I work here at the school. And as soon mm-hmm. as I get back to my dorm is that's my devotion time. If for some reason on some day I'm so crazy busy that I get back and I have to run somewhere else. Then my plan mm-hmm. is as soon as I get back, cause I do, I have a second job that's off campus. And so as soon as I get back from that job, that's my devotion time. If for some mm. reason, something absolutely crazy day, like I go to the hospital all day and like, I'm just like doing something absolutely crazy. And for some reason I miss those three times before I go to bed. I just cannot go to bed before I get my devotions in because it's so important and it's, it's more important than eating. So if I'm going to be, you know, if I can make 10 minutes to eat lunch, then I can definitely make 10 minutes to read my Bible. And it's yeah. just that prioritizing. I, I have mm-hmm. some accountability partners right now. So my roommates 
at, we yeah. don't do it every day, but at any one point we can come up to each other and be like, Hey, did you do your Bible reading today? Did you, you know, spend mm-hmm. some time in prayer? Did you get, get a little time to do your devotion? That's, that's important. Um, getting rid of distractions is super important. So while you're actually doing your devotion, I try not yeah. to do it in our like living room when there's like 10 guys talking about stuff um, because yeah. that's just distraction. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think the last thing I would say is passion plus purpose equals your disciplined habit is you can be passionate about reading the Bible. I've been passionate about reading the Bible. I'd get up at 5 a.m. every morning and read my Bible for like an hour. And mm-hmm. I did that for like two days. And then I stopped because I didn't have any purpose behind that. And I, I didn't realize, like, I was like, man, I really want to read the Bible. I'm passionate about it. But then mm-hmm. I just didn't have that discipline and that purpose behind it. So it comes down to, I have to be passionate, but I also have to be disciplined to do it. Um, because this, and, and the reason for that is because I have that purpose. So my passion plus the purpose is going to equal that disciplined, uh, disciplined habit. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah. I kind of wanted to ask you that question because, you know, we all, we all get busy with our lives and, you know, some of us are students maybe in Bible college or just, you know, in regular college or, you know, we're working yeah. a job and whatever. We all get busy with our lives and sometimes it's hard to keep up with, you know, our daily devotions. But once yeah. you start looking at it as a priority and, um, you know, I kind of do it the first thing that I do when I get up, you know, some people, I guess it's a little harder for them to do that. You know, they have to rush off and do things right away in the morning or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah, I work a swing shift. So, I, you know, I wake up at like 11, 1130, you know, sometimes even later in the yeah. morning. And so, you know, for me, that's my morning. You know, I, you know, there's some preachers uh-huh. that, you know, really believe in getting up at four or five, you know, <laughs> early morning prayer. I'm like, they well, I can't really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I can not really do that. I mean, I get up at like 2.30 in the morning so I can stay up for another couple hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be a little difficult though. So everyone has their yeah. own schedules and stuff. But the way I look at it is if it's the first thing you do and you get up in the morning, you're making that a priority. You're saying, you know, this matters to me the most. You know, first thing I want to do before I eat breakfast, before I run to the bathroom or anything, I want to do this. I want to get in the Word, start reading. And something my uh, dad told me um, before reading the scriptures is that he would want to pray before he even reads the scriptures. Um, Because in the past, I, you know, I would read the scriptures and then pray. But then uh, my dad had told me, no, you should pray for understanding before mm-hmm. you scriptures. And I, I, I don't know why I never thought of that, but that just clicked right away. Because I'm like, sometimes I'm reading the Bible and I have no idea what I'm reading. I'm like, well, what is this? <laughs> yeah. You know, like I just finished Zachariah and I was like, what the heck? Like, yeah. what are all these visions meaning? Like some red horses oh, yeah. and white horses and all that. Yeah. So, yeah. It, um, so I like to do that before I read the scriptures. Like, God, would you open my eyes and you know, and try to open my mind to as much as I can receive, you know, before you know my mind explodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but would you just open my eyes so I can understand and see what you're trying to tell me today? You know, because that's what it is. It's a daily devotion. You should always be seeking God on what He's trying to tell you that day. You know, mm-hmm. and. I'm kind of blessed because the job I work at, um, you can put your headphones in, you know, you're working at your bench, mm-hmm. putting together some circuits, you know, electronics and all that. 
So yeah. I put my earbuds in. I can listen to Christian music. And I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. You know, our church mm-hmm. has their own podcast. So I will re-listen to my dad's preaching or, you know, another yeah. guy that preaches at a church. I'll re-listen to that. Uh-huh. To, you know, all these different preachers um, just so I can try to feed my soul, you know, and that really helps yeah. keep me going, you know, from yeah. day to day. Yeah. So I think if you really make it a priority, you can always find time to study your Bible, to listen to preaching, you know, to read your Bible and pray and fast and do all these things that we should be doing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's really awesome. Um, we're kind of over the 20 minute mark. I figured that would kind of happen, with it, but it's all <laughs> right. Know, really all right. <laughs> yeah, with David, we totally went over the 20 minute mark too. It's just, it's just <laughs> one of those things that happens, but yeah, I've, yeah, I really appreciate that you were able to come on here. Um, yeah, no excited. <laughs> yeah, I knew yeah. you'd be a really good guy for this. So, um, yeah, thank you for joining us, Travis. Uh, we'll, yes, you sir. know, one of these days we'll probably have you again. Awesome. You might actually be having in December, Bobby Kilman be joining our Ooh. podcast. So, well, yeah, we're, awesome. I'm super pumped for that. I was like, just message him. He was cool. like, yeah, let's do it. I was like, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I'm That's super really pumped cool. for that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like I said, thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, no problem. To all thank our so listeners, thank you for listening to this interview. Um, so yeah, God bless y'all, and may y'all have a blessed day. Amen.